Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. My name is Daniel Alexa, and I am the host of Inspired Being. Today, our show topic is To the Rescue, K911 Rescue, that is. And our guest today is Sabrina Soma, founder of K911 Rescue. Good morning, Sabrina. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? Ah, doing wonderfully. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you today on the show and learning more about your passion for uh, rescuing both humans and animals and learning more about the the rescue that, that you've created. So as we get started, give me a little bit of background on and our listeners on exactly what K911 Rescue is. Okay, well, I founded K911 Rescue in 2017, but I was always saving animals ever since I was a little girl. I would pick up strays off the street and, like, bring them home to my mom, to um, all the ones that were, like, hurt, and she would have to, like, fix them for me. Like, one time there was a little sparrow, and he wasn't breathing, and she was doing CPR for me, like, pounding on his, not pounding on his chest, but, like, pumping on his chest. Um so it's it just kind of sprung into saving all the unwanted animals. And is there's a particularly interesting story that I'm aware of that our our re, our listeners aren't don't know about the incident that led you to creating K911 Rescue. Yeah, that happened in the, about I think it was 2015. I was driving on the 405 freeway in Los Angeles. And somebody threw a dog out of the window onto the freeway. And I pulled over, and it was all bloody, and it had a big mass on its stomach. And I called a bunch of vets, and I called a bunch of rescues, and nobody would help me. Um, so I didn't know how to, how to help this animal. The vets would tell me it's because I didn't have a nonprofit, and then the rescues all told me they were full. So I decided to start my own nonprofit, so that way I wouldn't have this issue anymore. And the uh, the name of that dog is a great is a great testament to that story as well. I named the dog Freeway, and she actually got a fantastic home, and she lived several years later after we got her surgery, and she got all healed up. She like lived her best life. That's awesome. And I've seen so many of your posts on social media um, around similar animals going going through similar situations. Uh, the survivor sticks out in my head. Poppy seed sticks out in my head. Tell us some of those stories as well. Yeah. So um, survivor came around about five years ago and the shelter, one of the shelters actually called me. This was after I became a, a legal nonprofit. And they're all like, look, we have this dog that someone brought in. Someone ran it over and um, left it to die on the side of the road. And we need it 
to a rescue to pull by three o'clock today or we're going to euthanize the dog. And I was all like, okay, so we, we grabbed the dog, we got a transporter and we went to the emergency vet. It was like a Saturday night, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and she was in a lot of pain and she was pretty crushed. She had, she lost an eye and she had um, over 32 fractures in her nasal cavity. And I'd asked the vet, I was like, look, are we, are we doing more harm by keeping this dog alive or does she have a chance or what? And as soon as I asked the question, the little dog started wagging her tail. So she let us know that she was ready to fight, and she sure did. She fought a heck of a battle, and now she's, like, having the best life. Uh-huh. That's an awesome story. Thank you. Yeah. And then Poppy and, Seed. And I can, oh, yeah, go for it. So Poppy Seed, um, a friend of mine called me and said she needed help. Um, this lady had gotten this dog and kept it in a cage uh, for 23 hours a day every day for a year. And she was really, really skinny. She wasn't eating or anything like that. So my friend asked her if she could have the dog, and she relinquished it to me. And then we got the dog healed up. And now she's living her best life traveling all over the United States. That's fantastic. As you, I, I can hear the energy in your voice when you're talking about the success stories and each of each of those dogs living their best life, and thinking about your work in both rescuing humans and animals. What is what's the the connection to your passion and purpose there that you can share with the listeners? Um, you know, I always was in kind of a medical field, like I'm a firefighter paramedic, and I started when I was really young as an explorer scout, Um, so I started going on calls, like, to help humans and stuff like that, and I just related, it was just one of those things that I always did, like, I helped humans every time they were sick, um, older, the elderly, uh, young children, that kind of stuff, and then it just went hand in hand with the animals, it's just I saved both animals and humans. And is as you think about taking this this bold step a number of years ago to create your rescue um, for these animals in need and and living that purpose, what message do you have for the listeners who might be considering a big dream like that and might have some hesitation around making that big step to fill a need that was not being filled? You know, um, I actually am helping three other people right now, three other females, um, start their own nonprofit. I'm one of those people who's not like, oh, hey, I got to, you know, center it all around this specific thing. Like, the way I look at it is, like, the more people that start their own nonprofit, the more animals will get saved. Um, it's strange because a lot of, they are all women and they are afraid to take like a jump, like it, they're hesitant and it takes a little bit of a push. Um, I think you should just do it like bite the bullet. Um, it's a lot of work, but it is so rewarding when you save an animal that nobody wants. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even, um, my wife and I wound up adopting a cat through you through another one of the rescues that you were affiliated with back in, 20, I believe that was 2018. 
that we picked up Scrimshaw, and he's just been a wonderful addition to the family. Yes. I like we do kittens too, cats. Um, we kind of go with all the unwanted ones. Um, it's sad because with the cats, they're like feral a lot more. Like the feral colonies just get crazy. So it's really important to try to catch them and like spay and neuter them. Um, so that way they don't continue reproducing. And now we have hundreds of thousands of unwanted litters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I want to pause on that thought uh, for one second and come back to that as we take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now back to our show. I wanted to pick up on that idea of the the unwanted animals and the ones that are most at risk and most at need, and particularly now coming out of the pandemic when it seemed like so many people being at home brought animal companions into their home. And now as the world is opened up again, discovering a new level of commitment or possibly lack of commitment to those family members. And I'm curious what you're seeing in the shelters now that we are on the other side of the, the pandemic crisis. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's really, really bad out there right now. Um, it's to a point where we're in crisis mode and, um, it's, it's turned into a circle because everybody wants to blame somebody else. Um, but the fact is, is there's an issue with every little tiny thing. Like a lot of people went back to work. They didn't realize the responsibility of the animals. Um, so now all the excuses are happening or they're moving, um, or they have allergies, they didn't realize the commitment, the level of commitment that it would be. So they're dumping dogs at the shelter. The shelters are all full, so they have nowhere to put these dogs, so they have to put them on a euthanasia list. Um, The vets are really, really expensive, so a lot of people can't afford that. Um, The rescues are all full, like we don't have any more fosters, like people aren't donating as much. And then we have the big issue of the illegal backyard breeders that just keep pumping out like dogs, like the doodles and the French bulldogs. And we just can't, you know, um, get up for air, like catch a breath of air. Um, It's really, really difficult. And it's just a circle that no one knows how to get out of. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With with all of those things going on in the environment and each building on one building on the other to make the problem begin be in that cyclical spin, as as you have K nine one one rescue, what is the way that the listeners can best support you in slowing that cycle or maybe being able to break some some elements of it? 
So there's quite a few different ways, like uh, an, an easy free one that they could do is like simply education, like try to tell people like not to go on Craigslist and buy a dog or not to support backyard breeders. Um, they could go on social media and share a dog that like is on death row and red listed, which means like, okay, at four o'clock today, this dog's going to die. Cause maybe one of their hundred friends is going to see that dog and fall in love. You know what I mean? Um, if they can't do social media or anything like that, they can go volunteer at the shelter to go help clean up the cages so they don't live in their filth. Like everybody's just packed over there. Um, they could go link up with a, with a rescue and foster for them. So it gives a dog a temporary home. Um, they could donate if they feel like they could do monetary things. Uh, there's a few different things. So everything would help. Anything would help. And for them to reach out to you, what is the best way in case our listeners want to reach out to you to support you and the rescue or get more information on how they can help alleviate some of the issues going on out there with, with pets that are in need or animals that are in need? Um, what's the best way for them to contact you? Email is probably the best. And then any of the socials, I check that regularly. Um, our email is k 911 R-E-S-Q with a Q at gmail.com. And then it'll, it'll just take a couple of days to get back to you just because I have so many emails, but I do respond. Excellent. And we'll have a link to your website on the show page as well for this particular show. Perfect. When going back to the idea of, of living passion, living purpose, and, and being of service in the way you've, you've been called since you were a child to help animals and humans in need. Um, it, it sounds like you were very aware of it through much of your life. As you work with those other individuals, you're helping them to set up their, their nonprofits or even thinking about having a conversation with someone who has a dream. What would be your advice to them in really tapping into what that dream is about for them? Um, the, well, first and foremost, I would definitely encourage them to do it 110%, always 110%. Um, and then basically just, no one's gonna, no one's gonna hand you, hand you something like you have to work at it to achieve your dream. And probably in working at it, there's a lot of unexpected things that come up as well in, in that space of the unknown. Yes, um, there's a lot of rejection. Um, there's a lot of bullying in the world, like a lot of online bullying. You wouldn't think that like by doing something that's so amazing to helping animals that that exists, but it does exist. Um, you just have to be prepared for all sorts of things that get thrown your way, you know what I mean, and be able to handle it and not think about the sad stuff. You have to look at it like, hey, you know what, the end goal is what I'm after. And in thinking about talking to those individuals who are, are building or thinking of building a dream and now being aware that there's those individuals out there who bully, particularly online and the anonymity of online being, um, I guess in one way, there's, there's no matter how good you're doing in the world, there's always going to be some hater out there and haters are going to hate. What um, what advice do you have for someone 
to prepare them for facing that, that type of interaction and having the resilience to be okay on the other side of it, knowing they're doing good in the world. So this is what has worked for me. Like I take a break sometimes because I just, it's just constant and nonstop and thousands of tags, hundreds of messages. Um, everybody's easier. Like it's easy for everybody to just get online and say, Oh, how, how could you let this dog die? It's your fault. Well, I don't have a foster. I don't have donations. There's a lot more to it than just letting a dog die. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not my decision to let the dog die. I want to save the dog, but at the end of the day, I can't do everything. I need my team. You always need a team. Um, so you just take a little break. Um, ignore it for a little bit, but you have to ignore it because otherwise they'll win. And if they win, dogs, do, dogs and cats don't get saved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as I look down at uh, my show notes for you, speaking of dogs and cats getting saved, um, there's a note here you got an award recently for uh, saving a cat inside a retaining wall while you were on your firefighter para, uh, paramedic duties. Um, there's always that joke that people call 911 for the, there's a cat in the tree. Um, we don't really respond to the cats in the trees because the cats do come down from the trees. Um, so that's not usually an issue. But this particular day we got a call because there was a cat stuck in three in a three-inch space in between two cinder block walls. And the problem was we had to we had to break down the wall, but now the cat could have like a crush injury. So we're kind of treating it like a human being, like same thing, crush injury. So it's not like you can hurry up and pull the cat out. You have to, like, take your time with it. So I was, like, the smallest one on duty, so I was able to to stick my arm inside and pet the cat until they, you know, broke down the cinder block wall, which was really, really loud. And then we we wound up saving the cat. The cat went to the vet, and uh, he was still alive. Oh, that's so that an awesome cool. story. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank, thank you for sharing that. Thanks, Dan. It's one of my favorites. It's on my Instagram if anyone wants to watch it. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely go check that out. And thinking about your mission to free the animals from shelter and get them into their forever homes where they are loved and have the, the companionship that every living thing on the planet deserves, when you're talking with individuals who want to adopt, who want to be fosters, um, as they consider that that new lifestyle moving forward, because it is truly a change in family setting and fam- and change in the home when a new member of the of the family comes in, whether they have two legs or four. What um, what things would you like people to consider as they, they step up either to foster or to be that forever home? So I actually, um, as part of like my contract when they adopt an animal, I, if we're going to go with a forever home, um, it's an automatic like three-month foster before you adopt. That way we know that it's a good fit. 
um, just in case it's not a good fit, the family doesn't feel bad for saying, I don't want this animal. Do you know what I'm saying? And you just keep fostering the dog until you find one that fits for you. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so I always encourage people, always, always foster before you adopt and see if it's a good fit because there's a lot that comes with an animal. There's a lot of responsibility. It's just like a kid. And I know from conversations we've had in the past, even going a few years back, that some of your favorite stories are the foster fails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you oh, want to expand I, on that for our listeners so they get a context of what a foster fail is? So I love foster fails. It sucks for me because then I lose a foster. But basically, sometimes people will step up and say, hey, I'll foster an animal just to help you out. And then so – you know, while we're rehabbing the animal, they wind up falling in love. And then I actually find the animal a home. And then the fosters are like, I can't give up the animal. And the foster always gets the right of first refusal because I'm not going to separate that relationship. Um, but a foster fail is fantastic because now they've truly fallen in love, you know, with the intention of not trying to fall in love. Um, but it just sucks because then I, I don't have a foster anymore. So I'm always looking for new fosters. <laughs> And touching back again for those who are listening, what is the best way for them to reach out to you to get connected and learn more about fostering through K911 Rescue? They can actually go to the website www.k911resq.com or you can email me at k911resq at gmail.com. Very good. Is there anything else, any words of wisdom that you have to share with our listeners around living their passion or being of service? Uh, everybody can do it. It's just a matter of like putting your, your helmet on and going. Like you can do it. You can be the fighter. You can be on top of the world and you can do so much good. And I hear it in your voice again, the same as when you were talking about the success stories with with Freeway and Survivor and Poppy Seed, that, that same energy in your voice of excitement. Yeah, it never um, – that, that doesn't go away. With every single animal, it doesn't go away. Like every time we go to the shelter and we pull one out, we do a freedom video. And that's their taste of freedom, and the whole world is going to see that they're free, they don't have to die at 4 o'clock, and they're about to start their brand new life. It's just every single time that happens, it's the same amazing feeling. And I, I want to ask you on that, on, on the freedom videos. I've seen a number of them. I've seen a number of yours. I, I want to know when you're there live pulling that animal, what what do you see in their eyes as they're getting their freedom? So there's, there's two types. Um, because they're in such a really bad environment, um, they're still scared. So they have no idea if I'm a bad guy and going to hurt them. Um, they're still looking for their family that dumped them. Um, so you don't know. So some of them are very, very hesitant and very, very scared. Um, you know, so you have to prepare yourself. And then the other ones, they know. They're confident and they're all like, oh, yeah, I'm walking right out. Tail wagging, happy as a clam. So there's two different types when you're, when you're pulling them. And, and in those pulls, I think this is probably my last question. In those pulls, particularly the ones that are a bit hesitant, um, what, is, what is your process or the foster's process to be aware of in 
nurturing them back to a space of feeling safe? Um, so I'll pull the dog. It takes a few days for me to handle all the stuff. And then we go straight to the, straight to the vet because I usually pull a disabled or a senior or something. So we go straight to the vet first and then we'll go drop them off at the foster's house. And the foster pretty much like you just got to feed them and fatten them up, um, and give them love. They need to know that like they're safe now and they're, um, ready to get a, a new family. So basically, that's the foster's job. They're just going to feed them and give them all the love that they can and let them decompress. They need time to decompress. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you do to serve the animals and the human beings in the world who are in need and helping them to live better lives, fulfilling lives, and and be in that space of experiencing wanting experience being loved and cared for thank you so much oh thanks dan and that is our show for today i'd like to say thank you to sabrina soma founder of k911 rescue for being our guest today and special thanks to all of our listeners both in the u.s and internationally as we are an international show after our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We are expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast, so for now, we'll be back again with another live show, Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, and Saturdays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. It has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and have a great week, everybody. Take care. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where life-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.